Hey guys, it's amazing to hear from you and I hope that you appreciate me getting back into this. Um, I started Mind Your Mind about five years ago and um, I posted a total of about uh, 60 or 70 um, posts and I've gotten amazing feedback over the years and I've seen just from the stats that people are still listening and I know that one of my main goals is to make a difference. So I'm here today with 10 tips for an amazing relationship. And um, they're not my own, but I'm going to elaborate. And I'm going to tell you where I'm getting them from. And you could even check out the article as well by Googling it. But what I want to say is like this. Um, I'm taking the time now because my last two posts came basically around the time when coronavirus was just becoming a thing in 2020. And I have not posted anything in two and a half years, just about maybe a little even more. And I keep getting questions about, hey, when are we hearing from you again? So I wanted to reach out and say, if you guys are interested, then I'm going to be happy to provide. So here's the deal. If you're someone that's listened and benefited, shoot me an email. Just let me know. josephtropper at gmail.com. I, I want to give out my contact info because I want to engage more with people. And if you want me to interview you in person about any mental health questions you have, and you're not in crisis, obviously, and you're not going to you know, breach your confidentiality, but you want to talk through something with me, I'll invite you to do that. Um, just let me know. But my main thing is, Tell me what topics you want to hear about and tell me that I'm making a difference in your life by talking about these topics and I will, um, you know, hopefully be able to continue. So it's just, it's amazing to have an audience, but sometimes when you're doing a podcast, you're not engaging as much as you would like to. So I'm giving you that opportunity to get in touch with me and I hope that you enjoy and I hope that my recordings have made a difference. Um, my name is Dr. Joseph Tropper and I have a private practice in Maryland and I give uh, presentations to other therapists so that they could earn their continuing education. I love research and I love helping people. And I, my day is divided between a lot of research and a lot of presentations internationally um, and, you know, working with one-on-one -on -one clients. So if I could help you in any way, just shoot me an email and you'd be surprised. I, I'm pretty responsive. All right. So um, one of my biggest um, pet peeves is relationship skills. And we're all trying to build relationships. Today, I'm going to focus on um, romantic relationships. And my favorite author on the topic is Dr. Steven Snyder. He's a friend of mine, and um, he is a MD who's a psychiatrist who basically evolved into a sex therapist. And he has really, really good insights. And I love his book. Check it out. It's on Amazon. It has about 700 plus reviews from real people, including me. Um, that just this book is just phenomenal, and I've used it with many, many clients, and it's really, really enhanced my understanding. It's a drop Freudian, but it really, really is a powerful book, and it's called Love Worth Making, and it's a great book, and it just helps people understand what they're doing right in relationships, what they're doing wrong in relationships. So um, he has an article. It's called um, Quick and Dirty Tips for Relationships. You could look it up by Dr. Steven Snyder, um, and it's partially an ad for his book, but it's also just a really, really good summary. And I want to go through his 10 things and extrapolate on them the way that I understand them. This first premise is relationships aren't supposed to be a form of suffering. Now, again, I want to just zoom out. If you are in a relationship and you feel like you are suffering, you kind of have three choices. Choice number one is to just keep living this way, um, which many people choose for many, many different reasons. Choice number two is to um, make a decision, whether impulsively or long overdue or whatever, or somewhere in between, probably, of, you know, I can't live this way and it has to stop and I'm ending the relationship. And choice number three, which is what I recommend, is to do some good soul searching and 
talk to your support team if it includes a therapist great people that are experienced in relationships and try to make your relationship better maybe that involves getting that support and then working with your spouse maybe it involves going straight to your spouse if it's you know mild issues but whatever it is re that really is true relationships aren't supposed to be a form of suffering and let's not be sarcastic because for some people any relationship is suffering they could have the nicest spouse and it won't make any difference i'm not talking to those people and those people are probably not even listening to this podcast so let me go through his 10 tips and i want to give some pointers as to how i understand them and i want to help you enhance your relationship and again i'm not going to say it again until the end but basically i really really invite your feedback and i hope that you're benefiting from this and i hope that you'll share your thoughts and maybe even join me um, and talk about you know some of your questions that you have in an unscripted just interview about mental health all right so tip number one is healthy relationships are reliable and this is just so important because even with all the fighting that takes place in relationships or the differences of opinion or be upset or the hurt, there has to be a certain amount of reliability where you and I both know in this relationship that we're there for each other no matter what. And when I have a couple that comes in my office, I'm trying to assess how bad is it? Um, and sometimes this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for actually three main things. I'm looking for a couple that uh, could laugh together. And I learned this from Esther Perel, couples that laugh together, stay together. Um, and if that laughter has been lost, then usually it's a pretty, it goes from, I'm looking at, is it mild, is it moderate or severe? It's usually pretty severe. I'm looking at whether there's respect here and usually respect is two ways, but not always. Sometimes you have one person who is still respectful and the other is not, but that's a pretty hopeless relationship as well. If there's a big lack of respect that's there, or especially contempt, because when you don't respect someone, it's very hard to connect with them and it's hard to repair something like that, especially a lot of couples have just residual issues that are continuing to build. But again, not that you should walk away hopeless, but just walk away thinking to yourself like, okay, I really need to get some outside help with this. And then the third thing is the reliability. Are people still functioning in the areas that they should be functioning in? And it's beyond the scope of this conversation, exactly what those areas are. And I don't want to just give you a half-baked thought, but basically there's a lot to say there. But healthy relationships are reliable. And again, when you're listening to this also, the fourth thing that I'm looking at is self-responsibility. A lot of couples you know, say, well, my spouse is doing all these 10 wrong. That's probably not gonna get you anywhere, even though it might be true, but I've rarely seen a couple where <laughs> focusing on the other person doing something wrong um, has gotten them anywhere. So focus on you being more reliable. And then of course, invite your spouse into that relationship and <laughs> goal. Number two, people in healthy relationships give each other lots of reassurance. Um, I remember I had a couple I was working with and um, one of the spouse, one of the the man was very, very insecure in some ways. And the woman was always saying, he's so insecure. Now, this is a very, very thin line because she's right that it's not her responsibility to make him feel secure. But when I got to know them, I saw that a lot of his insecurity was coming from things that she was doing that were very hurtful and that were making him feel insecure in the relationship. And I've don't worry, I've met plenty of men that create insecurity in women. Um, so this is not a gender specific thing and it's probably more common that way as well to be honest So it's healthy and normal to have to have a need for reassurance And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you now to have a codependent relationship where everything revolves around one person And their thoughts and feelings is a whole different discussion number three in a healthy relationship You're both fully real and this one again is tricky because it's very easy to just shut off and turn off and say forget it This isn't real, but it's very important that in a relationship, both people need to be able to feel like they can bring their honest self there. Now, I'm not talking about my honest self and telling you my deepest, darkest fears and upset that I have about you, because that's a very vulnerable thing and not every couple could do that right away without help. Although I would hope that the goal is that you can. But what I'm talking about is just being able to bring your real self. And again, part of that reliability and respect and reassurance brings to this realness 
that we could be real together. And if your relationship is missing this, it's not hopeless. There's a lot that could be done. First of all, you could get his book. Second of all, you could reach out for help, um, which is really what I'm encouraging as well. Or third of all, um, you could get Gottman's book called Eight Dates, which is a great book on just connecting with people, connecting with your spouse, and just work through that together. Um, again, if you're dealing with mild issues or even sometimes slightly moderate, um, you could do it. If you're dealing with you know, very moderate to very, very severe, then obviously you need to reach out and get help right away. Number four, a healthy relationship should feel relaxing. Now, um, let's talk about what this means and what it doesn't mean. A healthy relationship is a place where two people thrive and grow. Um, and that's really the goal of the relationship where each person, again, with the reassurance and reliability and realness, create relaxation. There's room to grow in healthy relationships, uh, Snyder says, and, and he's right. Um, and that's really what the point of the relationship is. It's so that we can both grow into individuals and also as a couple, as a team. Now, this doesn't mean that if you have an anxiety issue, that means it's your spouse's problem. And that means you have to get help for yourself. But it does mean that there's a certain sense of belonging, relaxation, and safety that each partner creates for the other one. Number five, a healthy relationship should strike a good balance between we and I. And I, I've said this many times that healthy relationships, um, there's always a balance of how do we do things together as a couple and have couple time. And each of us might have different definitions of what that looks like. The research does show, by the way, that healthy couples spend about a half hour a day talking um, and about an hour to two a week doing something fun. Now you might roll your eyes and say that's impossible, but um, I can promise you that divorce takes a lot more time. And I don't mean to be one of these um, you know, threatening, so to speak, types. But what I do, what, what I do mean to say is that you need to make time and things that are important, we make time for. And I, I've said this on many, many, I know I'm pretty consistent, something, something that that's definitely a word that a lot of people use about me. And one of the things is I'm a father, so I'm a little repetitive too sometimes. And I've probably made that father joke hundreds of times. Um, so you might've heard it before, but uh, the consistency is that I often recommend the same things. And I've been, I've been counseling people for, um, almost two decades where I've been involved with relationships and personal growth and other things. And I'm very, very proud of the experiences I've had. And obviously when I first started, I had many, many ideas and many influences and many, uh, and many, and much supervision, et cetera. But my, my experience with tens of thousands of hours of therapy and consultation and supervision and training and just interacting with literally tens of thousands of therapists around the world, quite frankly, which is an honor. Um, I see that there's a certain universality to what we do. And I've learned that um, the, this balance between we and I is very, very important in almost every relationship. And making time for each other is very, very important. And it's very universal to think that I don't have time. By the way, welcome back. You know I'm a, I'm a quick talker, so I hope you're following. And some people tell me that they can't even listen to me on double speed. Some people say that, they, that I still speak too slow, even on double speed. So it's all your preference. Number six, we're halfway through. In a healthy relationship, you should care about each other's feelings, but not too much. I love that one. Because again, it's that healthy balance where you exist and you're important and I listen to you and um, maybe I hurt you, maybe I did something wrong, but I'm listening to you but not too much in that I become codependent on you and that everything revolves around you. And this is a very, very healthy balance. And a lot of times we hear our spouse maybe say, you don't even care about me, etc." A healthy person could say that, but a healthy person also knows the balance of you do care about me. It's just, you know, maybe you see it differently or how do I advocate for what I need from you? So there's a healthy balance between advocacy and communication. And this is something that couples can learn how to do for each other in a respectable way. Number seven, in a healthy relationship, you should feel close, but not too close. Now, what does that mean? So really, it's it's 90% the first part. You should feel very, very close. And 10% where um, I don't I don't disappear inside you. Um, there's a certain way that I relate to you. There's a certain way that I connect to you. There's a certain way that I rely on you. Um, but I still, 
you know, continue to be a healthy person. And I, I do, I do work a lot with couples to be able to teach each each person to be their own individual self. And a lot of, you know, couples control each other with fear and shame a lot of times. And we, and, and some of them do it subconsciously even. But just being aware of that is is really really an eye opener. And I hope that if you're still with me on this, I hope that you appreciate what I just said, so you can work on that in yourself. Um, and that I could work on it myself. Number eight, in a healthy relationship, you should share a common vision, at least some of the time. And again, I love the balance here that healthy couples are, you know, working on things together and they have goals, maybe financial, emotional, spiritual, um, and things that they're trying to do together. Um, not all the time, but some of the time. Gottman says that about 60% of all fights will never be resolved, um, but it's how you deal with that. Remember, Gottman even says, and I quote this all the time, that the thing that makes a couple into a couple is the good times that they have together. That's usually why people become a couple. And the main thing that makes the marriage work, or the relationship work, or the commitment work, is the next 30 years of conflict resolution. Those are the most vital skills of how all the stressors of life, and jobs, and money, and health, and children, and in-laws, and family, and all the drama, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then when they become empty nesters again around 30 years later, the thing that draws them together is their common enjoyment of each other's company. So um, a relationship needs to have those two parts of enjoying each other's company with shared goals, I believe, and shared interests in some way, in some ways, and also good conflict resolution where we don't fall apart in our fights and in our differences. And this takes two. It takes two to tango, and I always say it takes, or, or at least, you know, to make a marriage work at least one and a half. There needs to be one and a half. That's beyond the scope of this conversation as well. Number nine, in a healthy relationship, you should feel like best friends, but not all the time. I love that balance again. And again, the point is, in a healthy relationship, we are friends and we are close, but we also have our individual uh, needs, wants, and things outside the marriage, maybe social, emotional, et cetera, et cetera. But the ability to connect and have trust, this is a very, very beautiful relationship that's being described. And number 10, a healthy relationship shouldn't feel like too much work. And again, if it does, that doesn't mean you should go home and tell your spouse, I'm working too hard, I want a divorce. That's not the point of this conversation. It's to help you focus on how you could be a better spouse. And in a healthy relationship, if you become a better spouse, your spouse will respond to that. Even if it takes a little bit of cajoling and, and convincing. I had a guy that called me Literally, I did a session on Friday, and if you're listening, you know it's you, but there's nothing here identifying. And he was complaining about all the things his wife was doing wrong, and he said to me, I especially told her that I want to repair, and she just laughed and didn't respond. And I said to her, well, I said to him, look at your track record. You've told her this dozens of times, and you haven't done anything. So, yes, if she was my client, I would tell her, hey, when he says that, you should reassure him, and you should tell him thank you. But she's also in a very, very bad place emotionally, and she's like, great, I'm happy you want to repair it. Let me see it in action. And he, he accepted that in a reasonable time. And then I said to him, you know, when things calm down, you could say to her, you know, I am working really hard to try to connect with you, and I would appreciate if you could acknowledge that. Um, and again, you know, understanding their situation, which is a pretty severe one, actually, um, it's understandable why she is a little bit more non-responsive. But to, to that end, I will say, and I'll end with this, that if you're working on yourself, let your spouse know, let your spouse see it with your actions. And if your spouse is making changes, acknowledge it, respect it, and say thank you. I appreciate what you're doing and focus on how do I build this relationship? Even if you're not sure where it's gonna go, focus on being there for each other. Again, the book is Dr. Steven Snyder's Love Worth Making. Not all these things are in the book itself. These are 10 tips that I found from him in an article that he wrote about a couple of years ago. Um, again, I'm asking you, please send me an email, Joseph Tropper, J-O-S-E-P-H, T-R-O-P-P-E-R at gmail.com and let me know that you're listening and let me know what topics you wanna to hear about. And if you wanna have a conversation about mental health without any uh, breach of confidentiality 
or um, any, anyone in crisis obviously should reach out for help that way, not through this podcast is not a forum for mental health services or um, it's, it's more general ideas, but I hope this is helpful for you in 10 tips for enhancing your relationship. Have a great day.